Hey there, and welcome to Cenophiles. This is Henry T. Casey and Mike Andronico here. We are joining you on a lovely hot day in New York City, it looks like, from outside my window at least. Um, how are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great, Henry. It is indeed a sweaty one out there. Um, already spent a little time outside with the dog, took a nice little walk along the beach to cool down. And when I say beach, it's more like a little cove, but there was water and sand, so it's basically a beach. But I am I'm feeling pretty dang good. How are you? I'm all right. I uh, busy times, but I mean, Rob Thomas told us there'd be hot days like this, so it's okay. Um, but welcome back to Cinephiles, the world's greatest John Cena film review program. We are here, as per usual, to discuss the cinematic career of the yeah. We are here to discuss the cinematic career of the Doctor of Thugonomics, sixteen-time world champion, best-selling author, TV host guy who misspoke and had to walk it back because china controls way too much of the world's economy and overall sentient meme machine himself john cena um taiwan is a country yes still um we are here to discuss the fourth episode the fourth movie in the cena files um i guess you could call it trajectory the reunion it's from yeah. it's from 2012 Mike, do you have anything to start us off with about this movie? Yeah, as as you know, you know I, I always uh, like to kick, kick off the show with my deep Wikipedia research, and there really is very little info to be gleaned from this film. What I can tell you is that it has an 8% Rotten Tomatoes rating, so I actually thought Legendary was the low point for John Cena's film career, but statistically speaking, I'm pretty sure this movie is it. I could not find any information about how it did in the box office, which I think tells you everything you need to know. Um, so definitely one of the probably worst performing WWE Studios produced films, probably one of the worst uh, received films that John Cena was in, and and uh, right, and we'll we'll obviously get into it, but definitely a, a movie that for some reason was on the second watch, on the second viewing, it's actually worse than I remember, uh, which we'll get into, but uh, yeah, so this movie did not do very well. That's kind of that's what that's what Wikipedia tells us. Yeah, um, I can't figure out if it was direct to DVD or not. It seems like it wasn't because it was released on October twenty first, but then released on Blu ray DVD on November eighteenth. Sorry, November eighth. Yep. So that's a two week window for theatrical exclusivity. So that's not a good sign. Um, but let's let's leave that in the past. We got to talk about the movie that we watched and. I have a hunch about, like, you know, how we're going to feel about where this is placed. But as always, I'm just going to start off with my little note. The WWE Studios logo is ever so emotional this time, but it transitions very quickly because it goes WWE Films. And it's, like, nostalgic music at first. And it cuts to, like, chain sounds, like, a very, like, industrial and a metallic font, like, oh. And then you get, like, Amy Smart, but she gets the and title credit which is a little bit of a red flag. Well, yeah, and, and you, you, you you will all realize why once we get into this film. Because if you're an Amy Smart fan and you saw her name on the poster and you got excited, you will be disappointed. Um, Ethan Embry, who is the... Um, this is my question for you. When you think Ethan Embry, what movie do you think of? Because I know a lot of people think one, but I always think the other. Honestly, I cannot tell you off the top of my head what I know him from, even though I'm sure I've seen a ton of his films. I'm always like, oh, can't hardly wait. But everybody yeah. else is... Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely that. Everybody else is always, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the uh, records, Empire Records. Yeah, no, for definitely can't hardly wait for me. Now yeah. that I'm 
I'm now that I'm putting the two together, yeah. Um, but Amy Adams's character is most notable, I believe, for this one word that she keeps saying, which is very distracting in the movie. But we'll get to that in a minute. The movie starts off though with a rich kid in a limo with his rich dad who owns a lot of companies and makes money. And the kid wants to know what his dad does for a living. So right here, I'm when I'm rewatching it, I'm starting to think, well, he's clearly evil. But I know what's going to happen, so I don't think he's the big bad. But, like, wow, capitalism. We know this guy is evil. Yeah, so, yeah, you're typical. I, I also thought that this guy was going to be the main villain on first viewing. So, as Henry pointed out, we get kind of the typical rich dad, the, you know, the kid who clearly has not not gotten enough attention from said dad. Uh, and then we, we meet... Amy Smart. Uh, hope you enjoy the scene because it's one of the few you'll actually see her in. And it takes forever for you to learn what her actual name is. I was yeah. thinking about when I was taking notes. Like I realized how few characters get their name stated early on. Um, I yeah. want to give them credit about that because it makes it more natural, almost. Like, oh, we're not doing exposition because, like, yeah, the, the Wire was good about that. You had to wait to find out what was going on a lot. But this is not the Wire. This is no, this is a one. slight, uh, I would say a slight dip below in overall quality, but we meet, uh, yeah, again. Her name is I, Nina. Her name is Nina. Nina. We, we meet Nina Cleary, which we don't find out that's her name until about halfway through, but she comes home, she's looking at a, a picture of her father and saying, despite everything, I still love you, daddy. Uh, there and, it is. She keeps saying yeah. the word daddy throughout the movie, yeah. and like, it's, she's and, an adult. Uh, yeah, and that's because, uh, you know, we eventually learn that her father, uh, who is also the father of all of our main characters, uh, has passed away. And, and what do we know never... about him? Very little. We know he's uh, we know he's um, had a bit of a uh, interesting life, many, several wives, some questionable occupations. So definitely not the best, uh, not the best of dudes. And that that is why his children are so you know scattered and kind of don't have a great relationship with one another. There's there's a brother that they don't even know they have. Who's and the that's next character we, we meet. Yep, we meet yeah. next. We cut to a jail and the most wholesome, it seems like, jail ever. Because a prisoner is getting out and he, that prisoner is this guy. And he sort of like looks like, um, I don't know, Dax Shepard's more homely brother or something. Like In my, in my original notes from the first time I watched, I, I wrote down budget Draco Malfoy. Yep. But he's actually way cooler than that. Yeah. But yeah, I see, I see, I could see like a young Dax Shepard for um, sure. But like even the jail, even like the guard who's letting him out is like nice to him and high-fiving him and or like giving him like the goodbye handshake. And, but then the entire prison breaks out into a clap step response, uh, applause for Dougie, as they call him. Doug, it's, yep. one guy yells, it's Dougie's day. And like, I'm just like, this is a lot. Uh, and yeah. then Dougie says, I don't know why, guys, but I'm going to miss you. Nobody responds. For about five minutes, he says. And then they applaud. Like, he's, like, has a night at the improv every week that he comes back yeah. for. I mean, I've never been or been released from prison, but I, 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 I'm going to go out. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's probably not like that. It, 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 this movie seems unrealistic in that. And I'm not sure what else. <laughs> only, only in that one depiction. The rest yeah, of yeah. It is, is extremely grounded. But we cut back to the rich kid in the rich man's car, point of view of the driver behind them, and it seems like something's up, something's wrong. Um, 
but apparently cut back to the prison because Dougie has a girlfriend who, if you remember the Marine, and God bless you if you do, um, this is reminiscent of that because the minute one of the men in a John Cena movie ever meets his long, his, the girlfriend he's spent a long time away for, that woman is horny as the day is long. And she has a line about, do you have this written down? Yeah, basically something like, she says something like, oh, I don't want to mess up the, the paint on the hood. Let's take this to somewhere with a mattress. So, a little raunchy there. Had yeah. to, uh, yeah. Like, wear off the paint or something. I, it was very, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, like, okay. But he's going to forget about her pretty much the second this scene is over. Um, so, that's interesting. Um, yes. Dougie has registered mail. His dad is dead. His girlfriend says, I thought you were an orphan. And then he goes, all orphans have fathers somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like even orphans have fathers. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's so Douglas gets the news about his father. And then we meet the next Cleary sibling, and that is Leo, who is on the he is a bail bondsman and he's on an angry phone call about deal some kind of deal gone wrong. At one point, the mailman comes, he's briefly nice for like a second. He's like, oh, uh hey mikey hey leo and you know they have a nice little exchange he's back to just screaming uh then but he's talking to a woman at some point he's talking he's going back and forth between multiple conversations but he's talking to a woman at some point he's like i could be a bad boy too if that's what gets you off he's like no no no. i'm just i'm not really angry I'm just trying to be a bad boy but yeah it's weird he, he like he's he gets another he's getting another call and he pretends to, that's when he starts role playing then she doesn't take that well so yeah. um but he gets a letter from the, he opens the mail from the post officer and he goes, uh, nothing, it's only money. And that was his, dis that was how he found out and how he responded to news of his dad passing away. So clearly the, uh, uh, the father of the Cleary family really has good, uh, vibes with all his family. And speaking of fathers, a uh, rich man who his son has been dropped off at school at this point. We now see a very well executed and very well orchestrated kidnapping where every single person on the bench, uh, the cars passing by, were all in on this one job of stealing this man. And clearly he's worth something. Um, but, of course, jump cut to the police department. And wait, is this what is this the Marine? Is this uh, the last <laughs> movie we watched? Because John Cena just got fired again at the start of a movie. I was. I'm glad you said that's literally in my notes. This is now the the, th the third out of four movies yep. where our introduction to John Cena's character is him getting fired, uh, which is very at odds with his wrestling life. Where of course you know he's he's always been a great employee, but yeah. So so Sam Cleary, John Cena's character, he's at the police precinct, and he got in trouble because he was a bit too aggressive with the suspect. We see some we see some video footage of him just straight up ramming someone. Uh, and it turns out, I, it turns out he's suspended. I don't know if he's straight up fired, but he definitely uh, is suspended. So he is not going to be a cop for nope. the duration of this film. And the police chief is very much like, I wish I uh, would beat him up more, or killed him, because then it would take the stung, sting out of losing my best man. I'm like, oh yeah, normalized police brutality. Go on, 2011. Good job. Yeah, um, and we find out we find out the reason. The reason Sam was so aggressive with this person, he's like, this guy rips a ten year old and gets off. 
Uh, and he's like, I have a 10-year-old, which is it's just like a throwaway plot point that Sam Cleary has a child. I was thinking the kid, when I first saw this movie, it was in my notes. I was like, is the kid in the limo John Cena's secret child? Is that the twist at the end? No, that's not the twist. There is a twist. This movie, this movie would be way cooler if that was the case. But yeah. so, so anyway, so just like the rest of the Cleary family, um, Sam eventually gets the message about his father. And finally, uh, we cut to the funeral scene, which brings the whole family together. This is our first time seeing the four of them all in one place. And as my notes say, Cena and Idiot make jokes at funeral while Douglas and Nina mourn. Because at this point, I hadn't figured out that Easton Embry's character is named Leo. And I was still calling Sam uh, John. Um, But they were just, like, really cracking wise about, like, where he's going, he's going to need air conditioning. and, And Douglas says something like, I, I need silence when I read, and he's going to have plenty of that. And uh, Sam and Leo take that as a big joke, and Douglas, as whole, as wholesome as heck, goes, Very wholesome. I didn't mean that as a joke. Yeah, another and another uh, another great exchange. I think, again, like like Henry said, Nina Nina's actually mournful, and, and she's like, no, guys, like he changed for the good. And Sam, at one point, goes, you can tell by the sellout crowd, because there's no one else at this funeral. So that was one of few moments of, of good deadpan humor in this film. Uh, but yeah, so this is really the first time they're interacting. I believe this is the first time any of them have met Douglas, which they, they take a little bit to kind of get to that. Uh, but he was kind of the estranged orphan child, the brother they didn't even know they had. So he's just kind of, you know, kind of happy to have some semblance of family. Um, so clearly there's some, you know, some tension, some fraught relationships, and that's going to develop, uh, through the film. We, I believe in our next scene, we now see the kidnapped father, uh, Mr. Willis, I believed, believe. Uh, so that's our first shot of his kidnappers and what's going on. To be honest, I forget the exact details. He's here, begging but, uh, for help from the wo- from a woman who visits him in captivity yes. or something. And yep. this is just the overall thing. I'll say nothing about the kidnapped CEO matters at all. Like it's yeah. it's probably the the reason why I like this movie the least. Um, yeah. The, 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 my biggest flaw with this movie is that it's, this plot is completely extraneous. Um, the characters are wholly unlikable, and you don't care about any of them, even the one that are supposed to be smartasses. Like, they're just bad characters. Yeah, that really sums up the whole film. Uh, but we'll go through the rest anyway. Yep. So, yeah, so now we got the, the family, you know, the family's all together, and they find out that they are all entitled to $3 million each from their father's passing, which is great news, but there's a catch. They have to work together in a family business for two years to actually get the money. And naturally, the different members of the family have different reactions to this. Um, uh, yeah. You want me to? Yep. Yeah, I'll take it, Henry. Yeah. As I said the, f- the first time we did this, Ethan M- uh, Leo shouts, oh, my God. And then quotes MLK Jr. yelling, free at last, free at last. Thank God almighty. I'm free at last. Um the lawyer has told them that, yes, they will each inherit $3 million once this... Um, but if anybody was paying really close attention to this movie, they would think, wait, the rule that you, if you can work together in a family business for two years? This father didn't seem to care. But Nina tells us that it was his dying wish to bring us back as a family. And that's rich if everything we've heard about this guy being e- uh, terrible is... but. I guess some people might be able to change. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's almost it's almost hard to believe that that yeah. would actually be his dying wish. Um, so yeah, they're kind of yeah. So, uh, Sam's not a fan of this plan. You know, Nina's the one that seems all for it. Douglas is cool with it because you know he's the new kid. He just wants to hang with his new family. Um, there's some there's some fun bickering. At one point, uh, Sam is like someone. I forgot how this exchange starts, but he's like, Leo has says to Sam, they're always they're always butting heads. But Leo's like, you're not a glass half full guy. You're a shove the glass up your ass kind of guy. Um, um, yeah, there's, Douglas, there's some fun exchanges here. Douglas yeah. pipes up at one point, and nobody listens to him. I think everybody ignores it. He says, "Hey, let's open a deli," and it's like, "Shut up, kid." Um, and then Nina says, because uh, I believe Leo says he's not our really brother. He wasn't raised by that SOB or something like. But then Nina says he's daddy's son and your half brother. And I have documents to prove it. And I repeat, Nina, stop saying daddy challenge. Like it's and not. Nina, and yeah. And Nina is kind of trying the way Nina convinces him, convinces her brother. She's like, listen, you guys all need this. Like. You're you're you just got fired, Sam, or suspended, whatever. Leo, you're a failing bail bail bondsman. You are uh, Douglas. You're a thief, and he's like, I'm a good thief. And then Sam's like, Yeah, like Brad Pitt and Ocean's Eleven. Oh no, no, he says it. Douglas says it himself. Douglas says yeah. all of this. I'm a good thief, like Brad Pitt and Ocean's Eleven. Maybe you've seen it. Nina responds, I'll be sure to rent the DVD. Thank you. Yeah. And. I just, I, that's another, I, I, I'm not counting the most unrealistic lines, but I'm like, wait, why didn't she see Ocean's Eleven yet? Like, what, uh, but that's not the hint right there. Yeah, so anyway, so I, you know, that's, so Nina more, more or less convinces her brothers, and now we see the family at a bar, Douglas is asking, you know, Leo and Sam what it was like growing up, and we learn about their favorite childhood game called Gotcha Last, where they basically, uh, this becomes a bit, but... You know, they basically would trade punches, and, um, you know, it was basically like a, a, but, a more elaborate game of tag. Yeah, Ethan, uh, Leo would get the last punch in because Sam yep. wouldn't punch him back because you'd have to run away, and Sam wouldn't chase. Sam would just set an alarm for three in the morning, wake up, and, to quote Leo, slap the shit out of him. And then <laughs> yes. uh, Sam pops up. Gotcha last because Cena. Yeah. So he, of course he's got, it's a firm, it's a solid punch. It's a really good one. Um, so while that's happening, I believe on the TV at the bar, we find out the events of the kidnapping. Uh, we find out that a billionaire was kidnapped. We find out that uh, Edgar Rodriguez was the suspect. And lo and behold, that's Leo's bail guy. Uh, that's basically one of his connects. So that's so suddenly the Cleary family, of course, is going to have to get involved in this kidnapping heist hostage situation. And now we spend a lot of time with the kidnapped CEO and this anxious guy who I refer to in my notes as fake Paul Giamatti. Um, yeah. <laughs> who yes. blames the rich guy for ruining computer companies. And then he goes, you think I'm some kind of ogre? And I say, sir, no, you are no Shrek. You are no yeah. Shrek too, like come on. He can never. He can never. Um, um, but he's he not does, an all star. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, you know, set up. He does allow uh, the billionaire whose name is Kyle Willis. He allows him to talk to his family via webcam. Uh, 
And so that's really what's going on. Um, I believe... So the reason that the Clearies get involved, Leo had... We find out that Leo had posted Bond for Edgar. And if Edgar doesn't show up for his trial, he's on the hook for that $250,000, which would really screw Leo over. So they really need to, uh, to find Edgar before he's taken in for all this. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that's our setup. That's why uh, the Clearies are going to have to get in the mix and, and start off this whole adventure. But before things really kick off, we get a nice little scene between Sam and Nina some brother-sister bonding, and they seem to be the one pair in this whole dynamic that actually get along pretty well. Um, yeah, and Leo at one point says, slow down Turbo to uh, Sam. I think Turbo is like a weird nickname that I oh, would never hear about again. I'm wondering yeah. if it's one of the weird many Bonanza jokes in this movie, because we'll get to that in a minute, yeah, but that's the most annoying part of the, one of the most annoying parts about this movie. Um, yes. But, um, whatchamacallit, um, uh, the new your near new younger brother Douglas is excited and he calls he refers to uh, Leo as bro and I I I don't want to hear that word ever and Leo goes bro what are you twelve years old next thing you're gonna help me to high five um but they find out about a the the mythical one named stripper Angelina who has connections to uh, Rodriguez and what yes. when they're figuring it out but then Nina and Sam talk. They both have failed marriages, it turns out. I think Nina cheated on her, her first husband. Yes. Yep. And um, Sam's asking Nina for money for the operation. Nina says, I don't want to dip into daddy's funds. Uh, that's three. Um, and then, but they do, um, after Sam asks for 15 grand, Nina gives them 10, I believe. Um this is one of the few rare times in a movie where a budget is ever... I feel like that was, like... It felt to me like you never, like... Oh, the negotiations are never a part of a thing. But it was time-filling, at least. Because um, they now get... They go down um, to find Angelina. And they're having trouble. Sam's like, we're going to have to call every strip club in town. It's going to be a huge waste of time. But fortunately, Douglas has eyes. And Douglas's eyes see the clue that was sitting right in front of them, a huge sign that says Angelina and shows Angelina on it. So right away, as soon as they get to Mexico, that's the plan. Go to the strip club, find our, uh, find our this, this key figure that has a connection to Edgar, and that's our next scene. So we're at the strip club. We see we see Angelina. We see two, you know, everyone at the everyone at the bar is in love with her, obsessed with her. We see these two guys who clearly she would never have any interest in, both arguing over who it, you know, who who actually has a chance with her. One larger gentleman, one older gentleman. They're trading insults. The, um, the older guy is like, you ne you're never gonna have a chance. You're huge. And then the older guy notices that Angelina's got her leg running up Douglas's nethers and then mm -hmm. he runs over to beat up douglas and that's when leo yells get him little joe and in that moment i was like wait that guy's huge and he's Latin. i was like is that a fat joe joke what the hell and oh no. it turns out um they all get kicked out of the bar before um douglas gets a note from angelina about going to a party she's hosting but then they all talk about Bonanza for way too long, and it turns out Little Joe is a character on Bonanza, Leo's favorite show ever. He believes and, it's a classic. Just as an aside, so yeah, when uh, 
when the larger gentleman tries to attack Douglas, we get our we get our obligatory scene of John Cena fighting at a bar that's been a constant in almost every film. Uh, Sam right away knocks the big dude out, tosses him. And yeah, Henry, you're right. This this movie constantly references the TV show Bonanza, which maybe I'm too young or too uncultured, but these were not like these references were not hitting with me. You know, it's I don't know. I don't think Ethan Embry's character looks old enough to have been obsessed with Bonanza. Like something yeah. I guess you could chalk that up to their dad raising them on something that, through finding reruns wherever, but I th- I no, th- yeah, it doesn't work. I think we we've both been in those scenarios where you're you're in whether you're at a party or a workplace, and there's just a lot of boomery references being made, and you're not having a great time. That's how I felt during the Bonanza stuff. Or just your parents want to watch some old movie. It's like uh, I don't care about a movie about the Russian uh, threat to America in the whatever. No, um, but the next thing that happens is <laughs> well, Sam, no, Douglas goes over to Angelina's apartment and Sam gives him a speech about how to survive in there. Like they're worried it might be dangerous and Sam gets there. He knocks on her door and there's nobody inside. He goes, am I early? Angelina goes, no. Where's the party? Douglas asks. What does Angelina say? Angelina says, you are the party. And she pulls him in. They immediately start kissing, put two and two together uh, they start doing their thing, getting real nasty, and then uh, cut to Edgar, who is coming, who is walking towards her room. You well, can kind of hear the background noises of what's going on. Cut to downstairs, because Sam yes. sees three guys walking up, and he's got a folded up piece of paper of Edgar's face on it, and he IDs yep. him from across the street. So yep. lucky he was looking at that photo at that time. Yep. Because Edgar goes upstairs and he's outside the door and he can hear Angelina having an enjoyable time. Angelina yeah, then, the least. yeah, she, um, has, she has a come to Jesus moment, I guess, as you could say, um, where she thanks Jesus for answering her prayers. Yes. Um, Edgar knocks it. The dialogue here, I think is Angelina says, Edgar, you said tomorrow. And yeah. Edgar responds, <laughs> You take you take this, Henry. Because I'm early, that makes it okay. Yeah, like <laughs> it's just so it's such a head scratcher. Uh, but so yeah, Angelina responds. Really... Angelina responds saying he's an innocent and blessed by God. And I'm like, yeah. how do you know he's blessed by God? Because he gave you an orgasm? Like what? Wh- uh, what Douglas, is? Well, Doug, we find throughout the film, Douglas just has that way about him. He's a very wholesome boy, and women pick up on that quickly. But the blessed by God part is interesting to me. I'm just like, huh. But it was very funny. But Edgar so, pulls so, a so gun. He's about to kill them both. Yeah, so so they're in big trouble. But lo and behold, we hear a gunshot. It's not coming from Edgar. No, that's coming from Sam, who just saved their asses. Uh, luckily, he did. He saw Edgar coming. So there you go. So Rodriguez is dead. Um, at one point, I would try to think the setup for this, but. Uh, oh, no, um, Sam says there goes Leo's 200 grand, and yeah. Douglas says he's going to be disappointed, and then they leave. And yep. then they're trying to explain everything in the car to Douglas. Yep. And he and Douglas says, I was sitting there, and I believe that's the setup for the line you're thinking of. He was like, it's pretty fortunate from where I was standing, saying like, oh, well, I was, you know, I, I got laid, so it was okay. 
Oh no, no, like I, I was because you saved me. It's okay that you killed Edgar. That's yes. basically. And then what does Sam say in response? Uh, laying. You were laying, Romeo. Yes. As if to yes. tell Douglas that. Oh yeah, he's. This is what was actually. So they didn't happened. actually yeah. tell him about the hookup. Um, but then Douglas and Sam kind of no Leo and Sam have their sort of like almost moment of bonding because yeah. they go over the fact that Douglas is different. Yeah, um, he's he's, he's uh, Sam says something to the effect of like, oh, it was hard to believe that kid came from dad's loins. And he's like, yeah, because he's not a big enough asshole. And then I think I think uh, Leo's like, are you actually admitting you're an asshole? So some some pretty funny back and forth. And uh, then Sam says, still... yeah, Sam says we're both assholes. To which Leo says, I'm not an asshole. I'm a giving person. <laughs> yes, which is Leo's gimmick. Uh, you know, he thinks he's this this great dude, which will will which evolves throughout the uh, throughout the film. Um, so yeah, so obvious. So so the the Rodriguez plan is shot he's dead so they have to find a you know find a new lead they have to get a lead on willis if they have any chance of getting any money uh so that's that's the new plan is kind of help um help help save willis find willis's captors so they're continuing their adventures throughout mexico uh they find somewhere to stay i think i think sam or leo says no way i'm sleeping in a bed with either one of you guys and Doug, uh, douglas being the wholesome boy he is he's like oh it's okay I i'll sleep on the floor uh, and then Leo's like, look at this guy. He's like a puppy dog. Cute. Chicks dig him, and he'll sleep on the floor. Uh, and then there's Douglas has another weird, just silly offhand dialogue. He's like, I wish I spoke Spanish. I would immerse myself in the local culture here. So he's loving this whole trip. He's and, got his, yep. he's got this newfound family. He's exploring Mexico. Um, he just made some love to a beautiful woman. So hey, he's having a great old time. And so our, our, um, protagonist are, are the main characters of this movie they're not our heroes they're looking yeah. for um connections to Rod edgar and yes. so they go to a home where they think he has ties to um and there's a, a woman who's sort of um seems like a mother enter e enters the door yeah opens the door and um she's sort of confused um uh, but edgar sorry uh leo thankfully speaks spanish and um, basically, she keeps thinking that they're cops. I mean, have yeah. you seen John Cena? Of course, he's probably a cop. I mean, um, especially with the, the buzz cut he has in this film, which yeah. we haven't talked about. Um, but then, out of nowhere, a little boy with a big shotgun pops up and he says, Mama, can I shoot them? <laughs> it's a great scene. Yeah, great scene. Dude just protecting his mom. Uh, but luckily, it doesn't come to that. Leo's able to de-escalate it. Uh and I believe the mother gives them a picture of a woman named Teresa Trujillo. Uh, probably butchering that, but she basically says, "This, you know, this is this person has ties to Edgar. This is the person you want to talk to about Edgar Rodriguez." And now that now our crew has to go find them. So we cut to the kidnap kidnappers. They know Edgar's dead now, so that kind of escalates things. Um, they're you know Willis is still tied up. The Fake Paul Giamatti still making his weird. I'm the I'm the tech guy. Quips, uh, and then back to our heroes or protagonists or main characters because they're not very good people. Uh, we get we get to Teresa's house. They're greeted by her grandfather who's pointing a gun at them, uh, and then you know they they try to get information about Edgar. Teresa doesn't really want to talk about him because uh, he had a photo of Teresa in his wallet, 
And she yes. says, "Well, he doesn't. I don't have one of her his in mind." You, and then um, Douglas goes, "She's telling the truth," mm-hmm. and he's always taking her side, and that sort of like wins him o- wins her over with them. Douglas also he's also a little too honest with her. He's like, "Oh yeah, these are my brothers," uh, and you know we're trying to do this thing. Sam's like, and then after they're leaving Teresa's house when they don't really get much, Sam's like, "You." you no, rule number one, never tell anybody anything. Uh, and then I think it was Leo's also upset because uh, Sam offered to split the money with her. Um, nobody, yeah. we didn't, because like uh, Sam does, you don't um, volunteer. Um, Sam, uh, Sam says, you don't, rule about team play, kid. You don't do stuff unless you go over it with the group first. And then Leo goes, wait, you were going to offer her a quarter of the cut without ever consulting us there's um there's it's like there's no i you know there's no i in team sam and what does sam say but there's an i in family and i'm the oldest which and i'm the old it's, there's no but there's an i in family and i'm still the oldest so shut up yep it's, oh one of the few quotable moments in this film but uh so anyway so so leo and sam hop into a bar to to further investigate uh what's going on they're they they're trying to figure out who's kind of the top dog around here. Leo is speaking in Spanish. He's trying to find out where to get drugs. Uh, they finally kind of learn about Verdugo, I believe is the name, yep. who is the big crime lord. Uh, um, just as that's happening, also Verdugo translates to executioner. But after so they're talking to the bartender, and the bartender and Leo are getting along because Leo speaks Spanish, and they uh, Sam can't hold his tequila that well. He coughs a lot when he sips it. Um, and so they call him a big mama's boy. They're, the bartender and Leo are getting along. But Leo's basically saying, where do I get drugs? Yes. And they say, Verdugo. But And Leo goes, how do I find Verdugo? And the bartender goes, you don't find Verdugo. Verdugo finds you. And that is when seemingly police roll in with Douglas and they go, your friend was double parked. And then they're all driven to Verdugo's, uh, like, plant, like his home. So yeah. clearly they... Si- even approaching, no, there's no clearly about this. I'm, I'm not, I'm wrong. Like, there's no logical, like the cops are just okay, state police, whatever. But it was weird. Yeah, yeah. To have the cops bring bring our characters to to the biggest to the big crime lord, something's clearly up in this part of Mexico. Uh, anyway, so there, so we, so our main characters are talking to Verdugo, trying to get information uh, on Willis. And Verdugo's not really, you know, giving them what they want. He sends them off to a Mexican hotel, and he says, if you're not gone in 24 hours, you guys will die here. And, like, that's clearly he's got all the power. And after this point, I believe, Teresa's grandfather is killed? Yes, so the bad guys, Verdugo's guys, invade Teresa's home. Uh, Unfortunately, in trying to defend Teresa... Her grandfather gets shot, sadly, um, and that will eventually, you know, propel Teresa into the main story. But then we're we're kind of, uh, I think we cut to are the Clearies yeah. over at uh, over at the hotel, and they're continuing to argue because things are not going well. Sam's Sam ready to give point, up again. Yeah, he's raging. Yeah, he's he screams like we're not family. This is just for money. Uh, whereas Douglas really just wants. You know, he he really wants uh, to get to know these people. He wants his family. Uh, there's a nice little chat where Sam's kind of 
explaining why things are so messed up. Uh, he tells Douglas about their various moms and the difficult things they've all been through. Uh, I believe Douglas. I believe Sam's mom was a stripper. I believe Leo's mom was the cleaning lady for their dad's bookie. So they all fell into some, you know, some hard times. And you know, um, more, I think more Leo's mom passed away that. during childbirth. I feel like yeah. that. Yeah. There was a lot of not yeah. great life but, choices from their father. But we don't but we don't get much time to process all this family grief because as they're getting ready to leave the hotel, uh, there's a big old explosion. The crew just barely escapes getting blown up by some C4 uh, planted by planted by a, a crew outside. The same guy, I believe, that kidnapped Willis. And so, yeah, so the bad guys are on to the Clearies. And uh, luckily, I believe Teresa shows up at some point in all this chaos to help them escape. Yeah, and she has, and, like, we need guns. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it's sort of weird because the bad guys have been bickering this whole time, and one, the leader bad guy doesn't think there's anybody hunting them, the nervous one does, and the silent goon is the one that sets up the C4. But the, um, eventually they find a, where, a stockpile of weaponry, yes. to which Leo says, more cringe. This must be what Charlton Heston's first wet dream looked like, which nobody wanted that mental image, dude. Nobody wanted that mental image. No, but but to Henry's point, they do, in fact, find a stockpile of weapons. Um, Of course, Sam is telling them what to actually use. He's like, everyone find an automatic rifle because he is the cop. Uh, He says, Leo, don't blow yourself up because let's be real. Leo is the most uh, likely person to do that. we then cut back to Willis, still in captivity, uh, and fake Paul Giamatti. And we, you know, <laughs> fake Paul Giamatti's like, how do you feel, boss? And and Willis is like, I'm sorry. Like, he's, you know, genuinely mournful. And, he ba- and Willis basically says, like, hey, if you're going to kill me, can I at least say goodbye to my family? Uh, then Nervous dude Giamatti... takes out a gun. Yes. And... Uh, so, yeah, Nervous dude... Has a gun, and clearly, just to paint a mental image, this this is not the guy that's holding Willis in captivity. Is not we're calling him fake Paul Giamatti for a reason. There's nothing threatening about this man. He is like the dorkiest hostage taker of all time. So, but he has a gun, points it to Willis's head, and he just start and it's he just starts firing, but it's unloaded, and and then we find out from fake Paul Giamatti, he's like, I couldn't even figure out how to load this thing. I don't know how to use a gun. Not really a gun kind of guy. Why would you even admit that out loud? You've completely made your hostage think you're a complete lack of a whatever. Um, but now they've got guns, the Clearies need to find horses. So they, they next, they're at a ranch, and then Douglas is basically a horse whisperer too, and he can tell that the horse he wants to ride has been abused. And he just like shames the ranch hand, who's like, that horse killed a man. He's, and Oak's like, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. But it's just like, and it's really, it's a moment where Doug, like, he can tell everything that went wrong with this horse. And Leo actually sort of has a wholesome moment with Teresa. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, they have a, they, they have a nice little chat. Um, you know, they're talking about Douglas. They're talking about Sam. Leo at one point says, Sam's good at everything he does except people, uh, which is true. You know, a lot of animosity. Uh, but they have a nice, they have a nice little bonding moment as as Douglas continues to caress this horse uh, and show how much of a sensitive, in touch person he is. 
and yeah, so they eventually they take their horses, and this is this is where the, the movie for me personally gets a little more enjoyable, just because there's some fun little visual gags. Like I really just got a huge kick out of John Cena wearing a cowboy hat and the whole just his whole Mexican outfit. It really was a hell of a look. Um, and then there's I don't know there's some more back and forth silly dialogue. I think we find out that Vertugo worked for Teresa's father. There's moment. Oh, and as as before, you know, as the horse scene is happening, like Leo, of course, could barely ride one. He's struggling. Uh, Leo at one point asked Douglas how he's so good with women. And but before that, um, Douglas, um, Sam asks, uh, Sam asks uh, Teresa if she can help them find um, Verdugo, and she goes, "Yes, because all we we can all hunt, right? Because she's part Indian, I believe." She said. Like, yep. um, like, and, and then she like storms off angry and then Leo ever the douchebag says, what's wrong with Hiawatha wake up on the wrong side of the bedroll. And it's just like, Leo is clearly the worst. Um, yeah. Huge, but huge shirt. And that continues when he is talking with Douglas and he goes, artist to artist, what's your technique with the women? Which is just like the scumbaggiest. He keeps raising the ante on his like. Uh, and you just think, how are they going to try to redeem this guy in the end? And yeah, he's hiding the fact that he clearly is terrible with women. Yeah. Um, but then Douglas says, "Well, it's basically about being acutely attuned to her every need, but in reality, it's selfishly, mo- selfishly motivated." And then, and then Doug- Leo is like, "Oh, trying. Oh." Mm-hmm. And like that's a, it's just we yeah we find out that Douglas maybe isn't as as perfectly wholesome as as we think. Um, but yeah, eventually we cut to nighttime. They're kind of, uh, you know, they're continuing their adventure, continuing their plan. At one point, I think Leo makes a funny comment about Sam. He's like that, you know, they're trying to be stealthy as they, as they go after these guys. And and Leo says something like that giant cowboy hat on your fat head isn't helping. Um, but yeah, what Sam's kind of investigating the, this, this one house that has a couple bad guys in them. And uh, eventually, it's just Leo they... and Teresa hanging out now, and it's, she yes. can tell that he's insecure. But right when she says that to him, practically two of Verdugo's thugs just come right down on them and start beating the daylights, beating the brakes off of Leo. Yeah, and like I think they kicked one of his teeth out, and he's refusing mm-hmm. to give up where they are, un- uh, right up until they put a. They're like, okay, we're gonna kill your girlfriend if you don't give us location of your uh, partners because they can they've been following them they know how many of them they are and then leo says almost stupidly one of my friends is right behind your partner and the second that guy turns away crotch kick ankle kick and yeah like douglas douglas comes from behind yep douglas the one pops up yeah. yep and then sam leo does the rest and then Leo just starts talking about the money that they're trying to find again. Teresa's like, oh, it's all about the money for you. Okay. Again, storms off. But yeah. our enemies, are their vil- their um, opponents aren't any more able to get along because there's more bickering. Like, I think the anxi- an- anxious one thinks he's going to get turned on. And it mm-hmm. seems like the movie is trying to make us feel sympathy for the CEO, which is... Yeah, which doesn't do a great job, especially all all of the scenes where uh, Willis is talking to his family is just like so poorly acted. Like I I have there's zero believability that 
the 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 wife and the kid are actually concerned about this man being kidnapped because they're barely showing any emotion. It's like the fakest crying and and attempts at looking sad. But uh, yeah, so I, the current so again they're they're continuing to get closer and closer to Willis, and the plan is is that uh, Sam is basically going to sneak into one of their trucks. And that's going to be his way into their stronghold. And this is actually this is probably my one of my favorite scenes of the movie because Cena sneaks into one of their sneaks into this random truck uh, in the middle of the night, and you see this great scene of him. It's it's daylight now, waking up in the back of the truck. He comes around, knocks one guy out, throws him out, uh, holds the other at gunpoint. The other guy is still like singing some Mexican song before he realizes he's at gun, gunpoint. Uh, Sam says, Hopla in Glace. He's like, a little bit, un poquito. And he's like, all right, well, you understand? I'll kill you. <laughs> so Sam has successfully jacked this truck. But the scene of him just, just waking up in the back of a truck and knocking a dude out was very funny. It was and, just um, like the scene at the start of um, the first appearance of his in Legendary when he pops up in the jumpsuit with the welding yes. mask on. Like, it's very much like you don't seem you always seem out of place wherever you go. Like yeah, he's um, just comic. He just looks comically large here. Um, yeah. and, and then, then it's, it's we're back to uh, we get a we're back to kind of the the hostage scene. They're starting to transfer Willis's money. Willis is finally softening up, and he's like, uh, "Oh, I want to I want to finally tell you what I do for a living for your report." And the kid's like, "It's too late, Dad. I turned it in. I made some stuff up." And he's like, "But I want to know anyway." And again, just the, the kid, this child. Bless his heart. Not doing a great attempt at, at, at being showing any kind of emotion. Um, and I don't know. Will starts spouting some nonsense about business. Ideas. We have ideas and then we make them. And that's what businesses are about. And then we cut back to the uh, the bad guys outside of the house. And one of the goons says, anyone see anything to all the people around him? <laughs> and then John Cena pops up and goes, I see the future and you're not in it. Incredible. One of one of like five really great quotable lines in this yeah. movie. So yeah, so this is our big final fight scene. You know, Sam starts his attack on the cop compound. He throws a grenade at one point. I think at one point the Mexican guy that got his uh car stolen like clutches the bottle of tequila that was in the car, like tries to like scooter off with that. Uh and we've got ourselves a whole shootout. Everyone's involved eventually. Sam gets hit in the arm. It's there's a lot happening here. Yeah, the nervous goon reveals that the uh, tells the kid on the phone call that, oh, your your dad also wants the product around. He fires all the employees and brings lawyers in to muddle it up. And yeah, that's actually the the, like, the I, guy goes, I, yes, that's yeah. me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. so he is a CEO. Um, so, <laughs> um, and then Douglas uh, Teresa goes off to capture, um, to stop Verdugo and like get revenge for for or like uh, stop the man who killed her father mm -hmm. and then douglas goes off to protect her leo's trying to call the embassy and bumbling at that or having not getting a good signal or something mm -hmm. and then because of verdugo's guys uh, bringing him to the compound earlier leo recognizes that verdugo's cars are driving up and this is where we basically realize yep if you didn't get the if you didn't figure out earlier verdugo is the big bad yes so, yeah, Verdugo is indeed our main villain. Uh, so our guys are in a bit of a pinch. Uh, and as Henry said, uh, Douglas is off, you know, trying to help Teresa because... And they even say, like, this isn't this isn't our goal. 
this doesn't matter. And Douglas says, this matters to Teresa. Gotta help her out. And we get a pretty, like, everyone in this movie, but aside from Sam, is, like, weirdly, weirdly proficient at weapons. Uh, Douglas, maybe former thief, maybe he shot some guns before. But, yeah, eventually the guy that killed uh, Teresa's grandfather is is approaching Douglas in his car. Douglas is doing this sick, like, cowboy shot where he has the gun over his arm. I don't know what you call that. Whatever cowboys do. So he, cowboy he, he shit. Thought he, he thought, yeah, cowboy shit, exactly. Shout out to Adam Page. So he thought he thought he took the dude out, but the dude gets out of the car. Him and Douglas have a scrap. Uh, first, Douglas gets stabbed, but then Douglas gets the final hit. He stabs him back by taking the knife out of his leg and stabbing it yeah. back in the guy who stabbed him. And that's what kills him because Douglas stabs him in the spine. Like, okay, you went for the well, kill. Which we all know is an instant kill. Yep. So Douglas Douglas wakes up. It's way later now. Douglas wakes up to Teresa patching him up and everyone, the whole rest of the family's there. And I believe, so at this point, I think Verdugo turned Willis in, right? Didn't so, take the so reward. Goes, he went full yeah. good Samaritan. And they're all yeah. angry. And Sam's ready to leave again. To which Leo yells, you're just like him. You're just like dad. And that's when the anger sparks. Yeah, so they have, yeah, so Sam, yes, Leo's yelling at Sam because we we find out that, you know, Sam was kind of the caretaker of the family when they were growing up. Dad was barely around, and he's like, oh, you're completely fine. You're walking out just like you walked out on me and your little sister, and then Sam gets really angry, shoves Leo against the tree, but then he has a moment of clarity. He's like, listen, I'm sorry. If I stayed, I would have killed Dad. So we kind of understand why why Sam left. Such a complex, tortured character. Really, he says, uh, I was 17, I would have killed him. And it's like, right. okay, 17-year-olds <laughs> would do that. <laughs> as, if, as if the age makes it make sense. Like, oh yeah, that's what that's what angry 17-year-olds do. Hmm. Um, so, keep in mind, so, the you know, the, the Willis plot is done, but, but our enemies are still out there, and we still have Verdugo's guys. Uh, I forget, I forget even what they're up to at this point, but <laughs> we eventually uh, the clearies track down you know the remaining guys that, that were holding Willis hostage and one of them is in a helicopter and we get one well, of the best the helicopters, scenes of the film the helicopter's dropping a line to get him down to, pick, he, to, yeah, to, yeah. to get our chief kidnapper yes and Sam's and, right on his tail and the guy grabs the hold of the rope and and Sam in typical John Cena in an action movie fashion leaps onto the helicopter jumps off of a cliff and gets in there and that eventually leads to sam and uh the main kidnapper having a having a showdown uh the problem is our and our, our main villain at this point has a gun sam does not he's helpless uh they're standing right next to each before. other practically like sam yeah. didn't plan this one out pretty much and then yeah so sam's helpless he's about to get shot but lo and behold who saves sam's ass it's Leo with with an amazing sniper shot from a cliff, and he he yells, "You never walk out on family, Sam." And then Sam says, "You're absolutely right." Uh, so they're just best buds all of a sudden. And then there's another annoying bonanza throwback. There's a character named Hoss, and they debate who is the Hoss. And John yeah. uh, Cena's like, "I'm the oldest. I can't be." And it's like nobody cares about bonanza. Shut the hell up. Um, yeah. But then Douglas and Teresa have a nice moment on their like after they all make talk about like, oh. They try to give Teresa some of the money because they got money for capturing this guy. Like the, they got some sort of reward, but Teresa doesn't want the money. And Douglas and her talk, 
and Douglas says he's going to get Spanish tapes from Leo. He, he remembers that offer. Yep. And then he's like, well, you, I was thinking about coming back. And Teresa goes, I'd like that. So clearly we're setting up for a sequel. Um, but then everybody's back at the bar with Nina because Amy Smart filmed her, all of her scenes in the same day, I think. I, I want to go back and look at the outfits if there was any wardrobe change at all. But, um, but basically she's looking around sad because, well, she's a lying liar. Because what does she say? Yeah. Because we find out the big twist of the film, there was never any money. There was no inheritance. They are not getting $3 million. This whole business plan was made up. Uh, Amy Smart's character, Nina, fabricated all this simply because she wanted them to be a family again. She wanted to bring her brothers together. Um, so their first reaction is uh, maybe a bit shocked, maybe a bit upset. But then they're like, you know what? This isn't so bad. And they eventually get the idea to start... A private investigator agency and it's perfect because we've got a bail bondsman we've got an expert thief we've got an ex-cop <laughs> and nina is like oh my god what have i just started this is um, not what daddy wanted yes uh, that's so we four final, we get our final daddy so we cap the daddy counter i guess what four or five i think it's like four that. or five yeah um so it's it's actually it's like a nice wholesome ending because they're like you know what it's okay the real the real reward was the family we made along the way is basically the the lesson of this film so uh that was the reunion that's it it's um i don't know this film is like it's it's a weird one because it's it has all the ingredients to be like a solid comedy movie between the cast and just the setup but it doesn't really go all the way with that and it's also not serious enough to be a dramatic action movie so it's kind of this kind of lifeless light-hearted sort of action movie uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just very dull, uh, and it could, I think it could have been way better, especially given some of the people that are in this film. Um, is it better or worse than Legendary? Ooh. It's one of those things where it's the same thing, it's the same way I feel about 12 Rounds versus The Marine. I think it's a better put-together movie than Legendary, but I was more entertained by Legendary, because at least Legendary had the weird moments of, like, uh, what was her name? Julie or uh, the main Luli. Luli. Yeah. At least had those weird, surreal, over the top moments of like, yeah, Luli being extremely horny or the you know, same way, you know, Rome and the Marine being such a ridiculous character. Like, there, there wasn't anything like that. There were a couple funny lines. Um, the tiny bits of action we got were okay, but I don't know. It just, it's even for, despite having some really charismatic people in this movie it just felt kind of lifeless to me it wasn't that entertaining and so i'm gonna propose that it gets a one knuckle out of five making it the lowest ranked movie on the list yeah give it the finger um and so that brings us to the current rankings of 12 rounds being the top ranked at three knuckles the marine at 2.5 legendary at 1.5 the reunion as one and Next time we talk, we'll be coming to you to talk about Scooby-Doo WrestleMania Mystery with our special guest, Sherielle Smith. We're still trying to figure out the time for that episode, so um, you're going to notice that in our uh, little planning document, that um, the little chart that we're going to put in next week's episode, um, it's going to have TBA uh, for both time and date, um, life intervenes, but this is the first movie. This is big. This is big, y'all. This is the first of these movies that'll actually be streamable. If you have yes. cable, if you have 
a cable or streaming subscription that gets you Boomerang. I believe your account will be, you'll, you'll be able to use your cable or streaming login credentials to log into the Boomerang streaming app and watch Scooby-Doo WrestleMania Mystery. And it's pretty fun, so I would recommend it. I yeah, I don't want to spoil our review. You'll have to tune in next time. But uh, I will say I was wrong. I, I kind of misremembered uh, some of these movies. I think last last week is when I said there's a big jump in quality starting now. Yeah. N now, this is... I, what I meant was starting with Scooby-Doo or WrestleMania Mystery. I feel like from there on, everything is pretty entertaining, um, especially as we get to some of the more modern stuff. But uh, yeah, Scooby-Doo, uh, uh, that was one of the movies that we, we watched before for the previous version of this podcast, and I loved. So very excited to, to break that down next week. And yeah, definitely follow us on the socials. We will keep you guys posted on the time for that. Uh, but yeah, can't wait to talk about that. Yep. excellent animated film it is a, a piece of animated it is a good piece of film um yes because right now when we have our signature tagline of you can stream him but should you um we gotta say so far like 12 rounds is the only one where i'm sort of like and in a way the marine i could enthusiastically give a recommendation that is couched in a little bit of like uh if you know this and your expectations are there um but we're about to get to the point in the John Cena filmography where you might actually want to stream him. And that's the great thing is that you can. Because yeah. there's a reason we're why seeing... some of these movies aren't available on any service whatsoever. Yes, and why we had to go out and I will show off my, my legendary DVD at, at every opportunity. Because the fact that we own this is just hilarious to me. I don't this know is where how the... dedicated we are. Yeah. This is how dedicated we are to the cause. But I don't know where my yeah, guests are. You know, to, to, to use a wrestling term, we're definitely moving up the card. You know, we're getting to the we're getting to the heavy hitters, the actual high quality movies, and they're more accessible, which is even better. Yeah. So stay tuned. And Magan, great to see you in the chat. Um, we will be back soon. Yeah, and obviously if you're just if you're just tuning in now, this as as always, these episodes will be everywhere uh, in a in a couple days by early next week. So make sure to subscribe to our podcast where we get podcasts. Uh, as well as our YouTube channel, Cenophiles on YouTube. We're everywhere. And with that, we will bid you adieu.